I was making like mixtapes uh, at the time for like girls I had crushes on and stuff like that, and then eventually mix CDs. And so you, I would like love to make these booklets and like draw on them and whatever, and like funny love letters and stuff like that. From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is the LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. So now we're back. We're back at Stockholm Studios. Yes. And this hot and humid day in June. This may be one of our most humid episodes. Well, yeah, you're you're definitely in the you're in the sweat lodge. You're in um, Stockholm Studio sweat lodge. Sauna mode. <laughs> the, tr- the truth room. The truth room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's gonna be a lot of truth talent tonight. But <laughs> well, we hope, anyways. Um, we're here with Jason Jaworski. Hello. Thanks for joining us, all the way from Los Angeles. Yep. How you guys doing? Doing good. I think. I think we're gonna do good, and I think we're gonna do better. Hopefully. Nice. Um, you are here from Los Angeles, but you lived in New York before. I did, yeah. Years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moved here 2006, 2007, uh, and then left a couple years ago. Uh, was kind of doing a homeless thing for a bit, just going from friend's house to friend's house, uh, but back, back and forth on each coast. Um, and then ended up staying in L.A., not really by choice, but it kind of just happened. I ended up doing that project, the mm-hmm. Thousand Miles mm-hmm. project, and then that took a long time. And then <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm still there. So where did you, what did, where did you get your start in photography? Huh. Uh, <clears throat> well, I always was interested in images, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they kind, it, photography kind of came to me in a roundabout way because I started off as a writer, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Really, it, it sort of set in. Uh, this is a l- long story, uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you the okay. zoomed in short okay. version. Uh, I had gotten out of school, it was 16, 17, uh, flew to Germany, ended up walking from there to Paris after living in the airport for a couple of weeks. Long story. This is a short version. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, was only there for maybe like almost a year, a little less than a year. Um, and then came back to San Francisco due to f- some like family circumstances, mm-hmm. but it was, I, I was just writing the whole time. Uh, and then I realized I just wasn't able to capture everything I wanted. And so I just kind of got into images and stuff. So there was no, it was no formal studying of photography. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I studied filmmaking mm-hmm. in a, in a weird way, but not, not really photography, huh. but I, I worked at a, an archive here in New York when I first moved here of a Magnum photographer, um, and was just kind of always attracted to images, but never really made them until I realized I probably should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're very productive, I think, bookmaker, books. I mean, these are books, I think, but you you, yeah. you hand make everything yourself, correct? Yeah, correct. So yeah. You're all in you, you've been, you got a whole series of, of books here that we're going to go over. And I'm not, maybe we'll start since we already mentioned it. We talked about the 1000 Miles Project. Yeah. Um, and that came about, if I read correctly, the part that I remember mostly is that you just threw a dart onto the dartboard and then True, you walked yeah. in like a 10 square mile. How, how did you, what was it, how did you develop like that part of it? You walked just in a 10. Yeah. Uh, so the whole, the whole project, um, it was kind of, I, it was in partner with um, Mocha was building this TV channel that never really launched fully. Uh, so this thing is kind of living in the ether of that, which is kind of perfect for the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really, I was reading a lot of WG Sebald and he talks about comminuted substances and stuff like that. Just like, uh, a drop of water is an ocean, you know, a grain of sand is a rock kind of thing or a mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was living in LA, not really happy there, uh, but through unforeseen circumstances was kind of stuck there and kind of was coming up with this project. I had this opportunity with, with Mocha. And so I was like, I want to figure out what like the common substance of the digital world is. I'm just always looking at my phone and stuff. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was binary. We were talking about Mr. Robot earlier and my dad's like a hacker guy. So I was just like, Oh, binary ones and zeros and stuff. And so it was, I walked 10 miles a day for a hundred days for a total of a thousand miles. So lots of ones and zeros. And then even in the books, I did this whole 10 volume set, mm-hmm. 
which had different ones and zeros kind of thing tied into it. But yeah, that's how. And so every day I would wake up and I'd throw a dart at the map mm-hmm. and I would make like a 10 mile shape mm-hmm. and then just walk that shape for 100 days. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of that's, what I mean, that's, that, yeah. that's yeah. yeah I it's, mean, a, it's a little like pinky up art with a capital A, but no, hopefully no, you no, could get no, into it. Yeah. What kind of shoes were you sporting? They must yeah. have been pretty good. <laughs> the good New Balance 574s. Uh, uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the funny thing is when you say that 10 miles, like I know almost pretty specifically what that is because they use the pedometer. And anytime I go, I mean, I can get to like seven and a half and I'm dead, but yeah. I got a few years on you. I got yeah. probably like a decade on you. Yeah. Maybe when I was, but I did that kind of in LA. I had some of those epic things, but a hundred days in a row, Woo. like no way. Yeah. Dedication. That's, yeah. That's impossible. That's yeah. impressive. So you're shooting, um, all in black and white. Mm-hmm. And you, is this, are you shooting digitally or is this film? Uh, it's film. It's all film. So the, the whole thing was, it was tied to in the morning. I had like this routine, mm-hmm. throw the dart, make the shape and then do the walk. And then, would come home and I, I didn't have a car at the time, which is why I was walking a lot in LA already. Uh, and so on my bus ride back, I'd be writing notes about what roles I shot and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just developed them in my house that night. Wow, and wow. then wow. each week I would make like a new book or whatever, or every 10 days I would make like a new book. Huh. So it's really meant to be in that box set of the 10. It's really uh, kind of- in, a, in a way, yes. Uh, but also this this thing here is like, like if that's a bunch of coal, mm-hmm. really nice, beautiful coal, mm-hmm. this is like the diamond. So this is like the compressed, oh. like this is everything compressed together. Uh, and so every 100 miles I'd write like a text, which is where the other folio has. Uh-huh. And uh, that text, even the covers are all on vellum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the text I printed with a, a toner that I figured out how to hack with like a rubber band and a paper clip. Yeah. But basically, it's it's unsealed, and so over time, it's it's gonna disappear, like ones and zeros, comminuted wow. substances and stuff. But so yeah. I just I, I just randomly open this. I think this is pretty good. Traditionally, the act of walking is classified in the European sense as an act of recovery, whereas in America, walking is seen more as an act of discovery. When I walked in Germany or in France, the question normally posed immediately afterward by either strangers or friends was. How do you feel? Here in Los Angeles, the question has changed to much more curious and less caring. What did you see? And with that question and memory, Alexander Stewart's voice reading the letters of Chris Marker's uh, alias Sandor Krasna in Sans Soleil's Where He Muses, I wonder how people remember things who don't film, don't photograph, don't tape. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Fortuitous that yeah. I just yeah, I guess I did it. I mean, the writing is, is and it's just, is this all f- kind of like um, free form writing? Like, yeah. Spontaneous writing? Uh, yeah, it was just after every hundred miles. Like, I'd be mm-hmm. writing notes and stuff on mm-hmm. the bus rides back to my house. Uh, but I just sit down and just write. So some are only a paragraph, mm-hmm. some are a few pages, but. It's so weird because yeah. we've definitely talked on this show where when I'm walking in long, I do the same thing. I would, I'm taking the train to Long Island yeah. and I get off at a stop and I walk basically for the three hours, whatever I can. Then when I get back, I sit down and I type everything that I can remember from yeah. the walk. Yeah. So like I have this project. Now I'm going to just have to steal. No. Do <laughs> like, it. Yeah, do I it. Have to, like, I have to, well, I'll have to come up with my own angle. I, so it's a project that's. Kind of in limbo right now. I don't. I don't know what I'm. I need some other element too. But it's so bizarre that like yeah. <laughs> reading that and seeing how you did. Yours is a little bit more literary. Mine's a little bit more. I should have taken a picture of that shit. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> but I'll have to read it. Maybe you have a lot some of that stuff in there as well too. The, yeah, there's some of that there. Yeah. So how did you? I guess we'll we'll save that question for the end. I want to kind of move on to yeah. the next book. It seems like a good way. The next one I have is Rome Alone. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, what's the story here? So that, that, there's definitely a story, I'm sure. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot of stories behind each of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rome Alone, I made. I think it was 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I I gone to Taiwan, uh, where my mother's from, mm-hmm. uh, and we see my grandmother who was sick at the time. And then my sister, who was addicted to heroin at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, I'm going to see my grandmother, see she's doing all right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my sister, she's going to get clean, and it's mm-hmm. going to be cool. Um, it kind of wasn't cool, but I made this awesome project out of it. Yeah. Uh, and so what I would do is uh, every night my sister would get like these kind of like fevers or whatever. So we would just walk around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Taiwan's amazing for walking around at night because they have these night markets that are open until like four or five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I I noticed this one shirt. Uh, it's there's a print of it on the back. Yeah, at the back. But it's it says Rome alone instead of home alone, <laughs> and it says lost is New York something like it's so bad that it's good. Like yeah. it's like perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was like, I need to figure out where these are getting made. Like whoever's doing this is a genius, and they don't know it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found the factory where they were making all these bootleg products like Louis Vuitton purses and boring stuff like that. And then these weird, there's like one shirt that said, uh, we love meat, we'll eat you like a cannibal. Like just weird stuff that's just like Google Translate or something. Um, But so I I followed the factory workers, uh, would frequent like the night market that they would go to and kind of befriended them. And every few days I'd develop my film and then uh, make these little work prints, excuse me, and then... uh, have them choose which ones they liked and stuff like that, and then just go back and forth. And at the end, uh, I made a book that I had printed at the actual bootleg factory. Uh, I had like 10 copies made, and I just put them in like different stalls at the night market. Oh, wow. And I was just like kind of watching, like sitting back and watching them, like looking through like, oh, what, you know. And I, I don't speak uh, Taiwanese or anything or mm-hmm. Mandarin, uh, so I couldn't really communicate th- with them that way, but through images and stuff like that, I could. Cool. And each of the books has... Was where I first came up with the concept of the rubber band thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was rubber bands that I bought at the night market, and then each book is oh, binded together with one of those. Right. Yeah. Oh. yeah, and then nice. the cover is painted with a brush I got from the market, and nice. like all the materials come from that market. Cool. So yeah, you definitely like every project. Kind of it seems. I mean, it had. I mean, it's rooted in some sort of walk, but there's also like a deeper connection to something else. It's more conceptual. It's not just yeah. a random walk. How many copies did you make? Uh, of the book that was printed at the actual bootleg factory, I only made ten, huh. uh, and I have one. And then the other nine are at that night market. I don't know. What, you know, maybe someone threw away or someone took it or whatever. Uh, but I had my aunt write, "You could take this. It's free." So maybe oh, someone yeah. took one. Um, and then I made a, a copy for the art book fair. I think it was an edition of 30 or 60 or something. And then an artist edition and a special edition, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. And they're all sold out? They are, yeah. Except for the copies that we have. True, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tom, how did we luck out? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> AP10, nice. Well, we'll take it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So the next one is called C. Yeah. So what's going on here? So that book. Uh, oh I, wait, this is. <coughs> oh, I should have, maybe I should read oh, yeah. the front. Yeah, yeah. I should yeah. read. It. So on 31 January 2013, at about 3:45 p.m. local time, an explosion occurred in the basement of a parking garage adjacent to the main office building of the PMAX Executive Tower in Mexico City. The blast caused the first two stories of the 14-floor building to partially collapse, killing 37 people and injuring over 120. So you were there. I was. I wasn't at the, the blast site, mm-hmm. uh, but I was in Mexico City mm-hmm. uh, for a week. So all that stuff I shot in a week. Uh, and it was, I was just there, uh, went on a trip with my, my friend mm-hmm. and his girlfriend and my girlfriend. And we, we just wanted to go check out Mexico City. And I, I grew up in San Ysidro, which is like right on the border of Mexico and California. Mm-hmm. And Mexico City was always this... It was like a Blade Runner town or something. Like it was just like this place that I always had like a, a strong draw to. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I remember reading a thing about how it's so polluted the birds die in flight when they fly over this. Like <laughs> oh. just crazy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's mu- it's much better now. Like I think the the air quality is the same as LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was there for a week and then just shooting stuff and just from walking around um, and one by one each one of my fancy expensive cameras started breaking. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was left with this one really shitty half-frame camera. Uh-huh. It was like a, I think it was like a Hello Kitty half-frame thing that what? my sister had given me or something like that. What? So it's like focusless, single aperture. Uh, I think only one, I think it was 1 25th of a second shutter speed. Huh. Um, but anyway, so I was like, well, I'm just going to use whatever camera I have. Uh-huh. So then that book is all images from, from that camera. Um, and one day we woke up and I looked outside and there was just all this smoke rising. And we heard like this crazy, crazy noise. And I'm just like, what is that? I'm going to go over there. Uh, and so I left my friends and my girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. to hang out and walk around. I was like, I just have to go see what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went and it was 
it was chaos. Uh, and I took just out of instinct, I took a, a bottle, like a Coke bottle and I mm-hmm. scooped up some of the ash. Uh, and then I brought it back with me in my studio in LA and I was, uh, trying to figure out how I could incorporate it into the project somehow. Mm-hmm. And so I came with this process where, uh, I put it in the development tanks when I would develop the film. Uh, I would do like extra agitation in the tanks or with the reels. And then each page has charcoal sprinkled on it. Uh, and the front cover is, uh, this mylar that I melted by hand and there's charcoal on that, that I drew. Um, so I, I just cr- try to bring the environment into the photos mm-hmm. of, of where, where they're wow. shot. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's very definitely, and I guess we, I think we'll hit this, it's, you know, definitely looked at some Japanese photography. <laughs> 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 I don't you know what I mean. There's, yeah. You know, there's, you can, you know. Yeah. I mean, that one especially just because yeah. I would enlarge the half frame negative mm-hmm. and it would already pull so much grain. Mm-hmm. And then with the ash in the tank and I would do sunlight exposure, you know, just all these funny things. Mm-hmm. So each one of those images, it looks like... Uh, like sandpaper almost. I tried to print it on sandpaper, but it was huh. impossible. Oh, yeah. but, but, uh, <laughs> Even a little uh, Daisuke Yakota too, like how he messes oh, up yeah. His, yeah. His, that process as well too. So that's, where did you, how did you start to figure out how to make the zine that you wanted to make your own zines and put them together? Was that just something that came to you naturally or was it you're seeing? Um, I, I think I came through just zines and, and bookmaking and stuff. I'm trying to think the first time I fucked with the Xerox. <laughs> I, th- I think it was in, in high school. Uh, and this is another one of those long stories, but I'll give you the short of it. <laughs> uh, I was making like mixtapes mm-hmm. uh, at the time for like girls I had crushes on and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then eventually mix CDs. And so you, I would like love to make these booklets and like draw on them and whatever. And like funny love letters and stuff like that. Uh, and then one, I was always like the, the kind of off smart kid. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends, he was, he was a smart guy, but he was just doing horribly in school. Um, and he figured out, he, or I I figured out, he's like, oh, you know, I, I have failing all these classes. I don't know what the fuck to do. And I'm like, oh, well, let me think about this. And then, so we went, uh, to Kinko's and I think it was back when, copies were like five like when it was cheap mm-hmm. and you didn't need to you didn't need a credit card or anything mm-hmm. and you could just make the copy and then you pay after um which sadly they've stopped doing it that way uh but i used their i think they call it magic tape and I, this is how i learned typesetting i figured out what font the report card was in what <laughs> size <clears throat> and then so i'd print out these like a's or b's or whatever and i started this business where i would like doctor people's report cards and stuff wow. in school <laughs> Uh, and it worked, it worked for a bit Uh-oh. until like the next semester when mm-hmm. the, you know, the parents would find out like, this isn't a real report card, but it, you know, it looks <laughs> real. So I, I kind of got into like making stuff in a fun way like that. And then just making mixed CDs and stuff like that. That's oh, awesome. wow. That's but yeah. Cool. <laughs> <Very> cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's always, there's always some story, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the next one we have is called Two Winters Long. Mm-hmm. Um, so to what's the, what's the story on this one? That one, uh, is the most recent book I made and that's mm-hmm. from last year. Uh, all stuff shot in 2015 in the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I travel a lot and a lot of that's from my time in Cambodia where I, I went there to go teach at this NGO. Uh, and so a lot of the, f- at first I was like, I'm just going to make a book project out of this, out mm-hmm. of the Cambodia thing. And then while I was there, uh, my grandmother passed away. This dog I grew up with passed away that I was Mm -hmm. super close to and Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, So it was just like a lot of heavy things were happening. And then I came back to the States. And then my friend, who's like a brother to me, Mm -hmm. he had a miscarriage. And so there's all these like really heavy things. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was traveling back and forth. I think I was in New York uh, and then went to Cambodia, L.A., was in Hawaii for a week and then was just going all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so when I sat down to edit, I was just like, you know, all these images, they don't go together in like a, a spatial way, but in like mm-hmm. a temporal way, they mm-hmm. kind of do, you know? Um, and then I was listening to music and this Irma Thomas song came on called Two Winners Long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just like the soundtrack for my edit, you know? Huh. And so I was just like putting everything together. And then, uh, 
showed it at uh, MoCA for their focus photography thing at the Art Book Fair. Uh, and the, the cover has wax that each each cover is dripped with different colored candle candle wax mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're candles from each funeral that I went to mm. uh, so each book is is unique in that way um, and yeah yeah wow <laughs> I don't think we've had anyone else on the show that's been able to put so much like uh, found objects into oh. their books yeah, I'll have to get that back. Keep keep as much of the wax yeah. as possible. Yeah, yeah, so, a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's meant mm-hmm. to f- to fall off because uh-huh. uh, I, I was a candle bearer or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. So that that kind of stuck with me during the edit and stuff. And it's also uh, just through late night internet research. It's like candles used to be the thing that before clocks they would measure time with, mm-hmm. uh, and time is such an integrated part of photography that right. and like they they kind of fell on the covers as like petals or teardrops and stuff. So mm-hmm. each time, even if it falls off, it's just like book teardrops, I yeah. guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. But yeah. So now we have one little deck of cards and it's called Thinking of You. And I have yeah. the your page open about Thinking of You. And Thinking of You was an exhibition. It's a culmination of a half decade of work created across numerous countries on both sides of the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of mixes in a lot of these other little projects together. Yeah. What was... Where, where was that exhibition? What was going on there? And there's text and video, and you mix a lot of other things. Yeah. Going on uh, that. So that was my last show, mm-hmm. uh, my last large solo show, and it was at the Mana Contemporary at the Book Dummy Press Gallery. Mm-hmm. And it was nominated for an ICP Infinity Award in the arts, so which was like blew my mind. Um, but I had the show, and there was all these sculptures, mm-hmm. uh, there was this video piece, and these two large scale installations. Um, and this mural of text, like 20 feet of just one night, I stayed there and just was writing on the wall for however, however long, probably wow. too late. I think wow. the gallery was like, it's pretty late. Uh, so he gave me the keys and then I, I, I stayed there. Uh, but it was just me looking at each image, uh, that I had on the wall mm-hmm. and was just writing whatever. And I had like little artifacts from my travels on the wall too. Um, but so naturally I wanted to make a book for the show, uh, but I couldn't really, it didn't really fit the format of like mm-hmm. these ha- handmade things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on the flight back, I still had like all these words and stuff in my head from just writing and from the opening of the show. And I wrote down this text and I always had this idea. It was kind of like a, like a fluxus or like a data thing. Um, just with like random natures mm-hmm. of, of things and how they correlate and come together. And so with this, I wanted to kind of put in something random in there, but also put in like a, like try to put in my memories in a way. Uh, and so at first I was like, oh, there, there's that card game called memory. I should just do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it sprang from that, but then it was like, I don't want two images matching, but you know, mm-hmm. and so I came with this concept where uh, I wrote this text that could be read in any order. Um, and so each, each card has an image on one side and a line of text on the other. And the idea is you could shuffle the deck and just get an endless amount of stories mm. each time. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where that came from. Cool. And that was the one that it, did, it was actually this deck of cards that was on the 10 by 10 list, right? Yeah, yeah, for the yeah, the best photo books of that year. Yeah, yeah. nice, interesting. It just shows you what a photo book does, you know. Right. Well, we can come what is a photo book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That really kind of dissolves it pretty much, though, too. So I was going to question, but do you hand make the entire edition of each of these? I do, yeah. Wow. So it's it gets pretty... There's some long nights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like That's like true. even I mean this one I had to had print because yeah, yeah. they're all die cut cards. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so I actually had that one printed. Um, but the cover I emboss and I mm-hmm. sign the inside. You know mm-hmm. I tr- I try to put and each each card in there I write a hand mm-hmm. handwritten thing too. So and then you sell them all through your own your own press SSK Press. Yeah. And that's yeah. just all of your all of your own stuff at this point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just self published stuff mm-hmm. and it was just like. Uh, it was just a way of me. I just came up with the name because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't want to be like put out by Jason Jaworski, yeah, 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 Jason yeah, Jaworski's yeah, book, yeah, you know, yeah. like a Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs, <laughs> Jacobs, you know, like yeah. those bags. I'm just like, that's yeah. too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So the newest one we have here, and this is your the artist um, proof that you have right now. And this one is called Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's going on in Labyrinth? Labyrinth. Uh, it's, a, it's actually not the newest book, but it was mm-hmm. it's a a book that I made last year, mm-hmm. um, and it's, 
I, I went to the Philippines to, uh, for mm-hmm. work. I was shooting this music video for my friend's band and I was in a bar and I remember talking to my friend that I had just met there. He was mm-hmm. like my producer guy uh, or DP and mm-hmm. we we're talking and, and he was just like, we're talking, but he was like looking beyond me and I was like, mm-hmm. who's this guy looking at? And I turn around and there's like, this lady just having sex with this guy in the corner. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, this is crazy. And then so we left and then I was like, that was insane. And then the next day we're like, let's go back to that bar. That was a pretty <laughs> cool place. Yeah. And then uh, I I go and I sit at the bar and I'm, I'm waiting to meet my friend there. And then this guy comes up and his name is Ronnie. And he sits at the bar and he's like, I want two shots. And then he puts a gun on the counter and then I look over and I'm like, what? And he's, and then he's a little person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm just like, who are you? Like, I, I just I had like a million questions for him. And he saw me, I had all these cameras on me. And he's like, oh, you're a film director? And I was like, no, just a photographer. He's mm-hmm. like, where are you from? And I was like, oh, Los Angeles. And he's like, you're a film director. He's like, you're going to make me a star. And I was huh. like, uh, <laughs> definitely not going to do that. Uh, but we became friends. Um, <clears throat> and it turns out he's part of this gang. And they call themselves midgets with a Z. Uh, so, and he he's very much against the term little person mm-hmm. um, because he's like, I'm not little, I'm big, you know, or it's, it's something like that. Uh, but anyway, we we became friends, and he was just like, you know, I want to do something, and I was like, I'd love to shoot you guys, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so he had this whole crew of guys, and he took me to the outskirts of the the town I was in, to all these different slums where he grew up uh, with his friends, and they were just like shooting guns blowing up cars, like doing just all sorts of things. And one night I was like, this is awesome. And I was like, but it's like, so like, like such a f- f- almost phallic kind of project. It's just <laughs> yeah. so much men and like, yeah, yeah. ego, like guns, explosions and stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. is there like any like women we could photograph or whatever? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, but, uh, we don't, we don't want to do that. Like we don't want to show our woman. He's like, but we could dress up the men as women. Wow. And I was like, okay, even better. <laughs> wow. Uh, and so all the women in that book are actually men that were dressed what? up. And like one night we had like a dance party um, and they were, it was right after we blew up a car and they were just like having, and the, the car was someone's car that was already dead or cars aren't alive, but it was already broken, but they were just like, let's blow this thing up. Um, no one got hurt. Uh, but yeah, that was I think a little less than two weeks. Shot all that wow, stuff. Wow, that's insane. But yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. And there's some color in this one. Yeah, yeah, there's color in there. So too. you said you had you have homie camera. You said he's all these cameras. Oh yeah, around. I had uh, I had one camera that I was mm-hmm. filming the because I was out there for a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I actually did, hopefully the, my employers at the time isn't listening. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I was just like, okay, finish this mm-hmm. music video real quick, and the rest of my time I'm just gonna spend. Mm-hmm hanging out and shooting these guys. Uh, so I had, when, it, when I first met him, I had the camera that I was filming the video on, and then I had uh, a Contax, a G2, mm-hmm. uh, which is the camera I usually use, mm-hmm. and then just like a few point and shoots and mm-hmm. stuff. But hey, yeah. So you, do you, are you actively out there looking for cameras on eBay and Kiwi uh, and... I, I was for a really long time, mm-hmm. and then I found my happy family of tools uh-huh. that I like to use. So, so just always point and shoot, always point and shoot and film. Uh, basically. not, no, I, I use the G2 most, which mm-hmm. is rangefinder. Uh-huh. Um, but if I approach a, a subject like that, mm-hmm. who has a gun and is potentially drunk, mm-hmm. I'll approach them with a point and shoot rather than mm-hmm. a big camera, mm-hmm. uh, just to set them at ease. You yeah. Know? Um, but he happened to find me when I had all these other cameras yeah. out. So I guess that theory doesn't really work. And never digital, <laughs> never digital uh, on any of your projects. None of these, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have no aversion to it, but it's just, I'm just so used to film and like projects mm-hmm. like C would be impossible with digital because mm-hmm. I can't develop a digital yeah, image yeah, yeah, with yeah, Ash yeah. or any, you know. Um, so you yeah. see, what is the, what's the, what's the, you said you shoot your DP, director of photography for music videos? Is that, mm-hmm. that's what you do? Oh, uh, as well. Other <laughs> than making the Z yeah. in the books. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I do. Freelance, uh, uh-huh. t- you know how it is, Tom. Uh, I'll take whatever, whatever, whatever job you guys have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do. I'll shoot stuff, direct stuff, uh, write for a while. I was my writing was paying the bills for different magazines and stuff. Oh, really? Uh, like yeah. What What would you write? What magazines? Uh, like 
funny art magazines like okay. Juxtapose, Artform. I used to do copy editing for Paris Review. So, oh really? Stuff, yeah, funny stuff like wow. that. Uh, wow. That I, I don't really, yeah, for some reason. I don't so, really what hustle is more difficult, writing or like the photo production? Uh, more difficult would probably be writing. Yeah. Yeah. Just just because it's so, um, but it's also re- rewarding in a way because mm-hmm. I feel like as much effort you put into something, there's that much reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so writing is very, it's, it's very solitary too, you know, oh, yeah. like yeah. I can't, like I couldn't write an article right now, yeah. but I could take a photo of you guys. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, they're so, they're so different, but very tied together too. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I definitely know. I mean, I don't want to repeat this story for the 10 millionth time on the show, but yeah, I mean, I only got into photography because of, I had, you know, writer's block in yeah. LA. So yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck this writing alone <laughs> in my apartment. Like I'm going to get yeah. out, but I want to get back into, it. I've been trying to think like a way to do it, but a, I don't want to write about myself, write about my life because it's so dull and nobody needs to hear, you know, a 40 year old white dude's experience. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that means I got to go into fiction, but then I'm like, I'm not really a fiction writer. That takes yeah. real skill, you know, to like I, crap I that. Know. So I'm yeah. like, maybe I'm, I'm, you know, I think, you know, screenplays, which I was where I yeah. started. It's almost kind of a roundabout way. Totally. I'm yeah. thinking of like something like that where it's more on the concept, but are you writing, are you writing like novels or uh, anything like, do you have other just independent writing projects or is it always attached to some photo project? And so uh, I used to, I mean, each one of these books has its own text work, I mm-hmm. guess you would call. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to write novels, fiction and stuff. Uh, there's a, Another long story where I met Div Foster Wallace at an airport and we had a flight delay or whatever. What? Uh, but well, we got to hear that yeah. story. Oh, that one's worth telling. Come on. What? Uh, we, I say we like we were buddies or whatever. <laughs> uh, I had gotten to JFK, um, notorious airport delay airport, you know, um, and so I got there early because I really needed to make this flight to actually go to LA, and uh, I think it was like. At that time, I was like, whatever flight's cheapest. So I think this one had like three transfers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of the transfers happened to be the one that David Foster Wallace was going to. I, I don't remember where it was. Um, but I got to the airport and it's delayed and I'm just like sitting there. Um, and I'm like, oh man, flight's, you know, just under my mm-hmm. breath. Mm-hmm. And then this guy goes, yeah, it always happens here. And I go, yeah. Uh, and I didn't even, lo- you know, I looked, but I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. looking. Um, and then so I take out this book and I start reading and this guy goes, you know, that's one of my favorite books. And I go, really? And I was like, it's, it's, it's pretty good. You know, I'm not done with it yet, but it's pretty good. And then uh, he started doing this thing that my, my friend, who was actually in, in prison for a while, he said that the worst thing was reading the books there because someone would write like, oh, on page whatever, this person dies. On this page, ah, this, you know. Spoilers. So, so yeah, it was just like spoilers in the book, but you have nothing else to do when you're in jail, so you're mm-hmm. just like reading. Anyway, I was reading this book, and he's like, oh, have you gotten the part when this, or have you gotten the part? And I was like, no, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, oh, sorry. And then I go, your voice sounds so familiar. And he's like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. Um, I don't know, do you work in like radio or something? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm actually a writer. And then like, he took off his hood and I saw mm-hmm. the bandana and I was like, holy shit, you're David Foster Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I don't know why yeah. that yeah. made him yeah. him instead of yeah. his face to me. Uh-huh. But, but I was like, oh my God. And then he's like, oh yeah, you, you've read my stuff. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Um, and so we started talking about writing and stuff and I was just like giddy. And then he's like, oh, cool. And then we talked about, uh, I think I asked him about like, loneliness and like literature and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that kind of what we're talking about right now Mm -hmm. uh and then he was saying how uh we're talking about art because he's like oh what do you do and i'm like oh photographer and i make sculptures and drawing Mm -hmm. you know just whatever um and he's like yeah you know art he's like like writing it's it's the one thing that could kind of bridge loneliness in a way to where um like so, so someone could see a painting or read a book or watch a movie whatever and it's like this person who made it has no idea who you are but some part of you is like attached to this thing or you see yourself in this thing and so it was very much like uh he well we were talking about like great great works or whatever and i was like i think mm-hmm. you're a great writer and, he, mm-hmm. and then he's like well great works do this and he's like it's it's very much it holds up a mirror to you mm-hmm. and you you could recognize pieces of yourself in something that existed outside yourself, you know? So it's like, uh, I feel like everything I try to make hopefully bridges that 
mm-hmm. you know, crosses that. But I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if it does. Well, so they definitely, I mean, there's every, every well, or book here has like that literary kind of pull to it. I mean, there is yeah. a story to it. Yeah. It's not just, you know, you wouldn't take one of these and like, oh, it's just this bunch of photos. Like yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't remove your personal experience or the context from it yeah. all. Whereas I, on the other hand, I probably, that's kind of one of the central conflicts I have is mm-hmm. like, do you, how much writing do I put in? What do I actually say about yeah. this? Or do I want to go yeah. like Ron, Ron Jude's recent book, Logo, yeah. which is one of my favorite, where he, he basically strips it down to like two sentences, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's about the editor, whatever. So there's always, I've always felt that push and pull, that tension between yeah. writing too much and adding too much context, too much personal, and just letting the photos kind of live on their own. It's a really, it's, I mean, you tough. pull it off yeah. really well and seamlessly, but it's not that easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's like, you know, but but definitely you're coming from that kind of literary yeah. framework where yeah. it's like, there's a, this is a story. It's not, you know, to- yeah, totally. How, just the photos. How did you like first come up with the concept of injecting like physical elements of your experience into the work? Was um, there something that gave you that idea or a project where it just made sense? I think it was out of these books, it was Rome Alone for sure. Okay. Because I went to the actual factory where mm-hmm. right, the, the Rome Alone sweater yeah. was made. And then I was like, oh, they print to-go menus. Mm-hmm. Can you print a book? You know, and it was just like very much, it came, it came really naturally. Uh, but like C, I just, I just took a bottle of ash for no reason and had a lot of problems at the airport bringing it back. But (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask about that too. I'm like, how did you? Yeah. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was crazy. And there's another project that I've, Mm -hmm. I've been working on. That's a really long project where I went to, uh, Fukushima, like a couple days after the earthquake. Mm -hmm. And I took, I attempted to take some water from there, but it was, it's another long story, but mm-hmm. there's radiation in it mm-hmm. or whatever, so they couldn't take that on the plane. Wow. Oh. But, um, but yeah, so e- each one of these things, like with the wax and then Labyrinth actually is kind of covert in a way, but each book has rubber bands that I used to wrap my film when I was there. Mm. Oh. Uh, so each book is binded with, with those rubber bands. Huh. But yeah. Well, there is, I mean, and I think this might tie into one of the things we're going to talk next on in the second half of one of the books. It's almost, and maybe I'm making too much of a leap here, but it's almost uh-huh. like you have a memento. It's like, yeah. s- for like a, a serial killer takes a memento <laughs> from, you know what I mean? Like they have to bring it back and it's a part of, you know, that's, and there is something, I don't, I mean, you know, maybe that's not the perfect analogy, but there is something yeah. to art. you like, it does die. So you have to like, totally, you know, it's yeah. done and it's over with and like, that's it. And you want to kind of. Uh, it's almost like you're memorializing even the art a little bit as well, yeah. too, you know? Yeah, yeah. To- yeah totally. But there's I, a ritual. It's like a ritual part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think, uh, like, I, I had to do this artist talk or lecture for my show, Thinking of mm-hmm, You, mm-hmm. and I was trying to just think of what to say besides, like, me, me, me kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and I was like, this is a photo show, but I had, you know, sculptures, painting, you know, I, there's a bunch of different mm-hmm. shit. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, what is the medium that I use, you know? And there's like the term multidisciplinary, which mm-hmm. is like way too pinky up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ambiguous. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just, yeah. So I was just like, yeah, I, I think that my main medium would be, and this might be even more pretentious, but it's just like, uh, I just try to capture memory in whatever way I can, you know? Uh-huh. And photography is perfect for that. Writing, sometimes sculpture, paint, you know, video and stuff. So I feel like I just try to work in that vein and whatever I could do to get across and there's, I forget who, I think it was John Sharkovsky mm-hmm. who had his whole mirrors and windows concept mm-hmm. of photography mm-hmm. where like one is a photographer will be a window and they'll let you see the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And then another photographer will be a mirror and they'll show themselves and how mm-hmm. they see the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I remember reading that a long time ago and being like, I'm very much a mirrors kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I'm not too fond of looking in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to look at some, some quotes.
It'll always work. You know, it's, yeah. it's weird. Shit always just works out. <laughs> Most of the time. Most no, of the time. Yeah. I mean, what it makes me think about is like how messed up and crazy the TV, big TV and film productions must be. Because like so oh many different God. parts well. can like fall to pieces at any given yeah. time. You it's know? so compartmentalized though yeah. with the union that they... You have to be very good at your job to even mm. be there and to make it to that yeah. spot. So it cuts out so much bullshit. Ah, uh, sometimes. So <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, not not hundred yeah. percent. If if we talk about the new project, Inshallah, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. at like the Hollywood of Morocco, or whatever, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, let me use some extras for the first time, and it was, uh oh. That's a whole other long, long story. Well, well, but it was well, crazy. Well, yeah, like I said, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that right <laughs> at so the end. Crazy. Morocco, yeah. yeah. I can only imagine. That'll be a good that'll be a good way to, to to wrap the show. But right now we're gonna talk about these books that you brought. Oh uh, yes. Yes, books. Um, these things. These things. And okay, I don't I'm, I'm, I think we'll start with the the Daito Moriyama project. And the book cool. is uh, Memoirs of a Dog. Mm-hmm. And when you brought this, like I've, I have the dog or the, the book, and I've read it. And I don't have the dog. I don't. Have the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone has. That Did you dog. feed him tonight? <laughs> no, I don't know. But I do have the book, and I have read the book. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it's a great book. It's him talking about him going back to his childhood home. Yeah. Um, you know, just these memoirs. But what's the twist here? You made what? You made your own version of it. Yeah, so uh, this book, uh, The Memories of a Dog One, um, I stole from my sister, sorry Emily, um, <laughs> and I, I I was moving to New York from San Francisco, mm-hmm. um, and I was just like, I fell in love, you know, with this book. I was just mm-hmm. like, I need this book. Uh, and you know, brother, sister, we do that shit to each other all the time. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I found it. And I eventually gave it back to her, so this is my copy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I didn't even apologize to her. But, um, <laughs> I, every day I would work at this archive on the Upper West Side, and I would bring this book. Um, I'm not really one to like fetishize an object or whatever. Um, like I'm totally cool with that; it doesn't matter. Ooh, uh, rubber band just broke. <laughs> that, what uh, but uh, of course, of course, it, it's it's like uh, it was getting pretty beat up, you uh-huh. know. Uh, and then I think it was one day it was, it was raining, which it was. And I was like, I can't lose not having this book because mm-hmm. it was going up wow. in price and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so luckily they had a copy machine where I worked and I just <laughs> made a little, I guess, zine version of the book, uh-huh. but, uh, I just miniaturized it and I was able to put it in my back pocket. Um, wow. and a, f- a few years later, uh, when I was working on that project in Fukushima, I actually brought that book with me, um, and the book is, it's, it's not so much the photos that really mm-hmm. stuck with me, even though he's obviously a great photographer, mm-hmm. but his, his writing is just so power. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the same way when there's that exhibit, uh, new Japanese photography, I think mm-hmm. John Shokrosky also, mm-hmm. um, and people just didn't get Japanese photography cause it's all about the book instead mm-hmm. of the wall. Mm-hmm. I feel like very much the book, uh, there's the text plays such an important role to it. Um, and so this was just very much just having a paperback version of it. And I actually, Dido showed it to him and he's like, Oh, I want to sign this. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then he, 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 I mean, he doesn't really speak English, mm-hmm. but he kind of stopped the line where he was signing things. And he's like, what is like, he was like, I made something like this. This is awesome. And <laughs> I was just like, Oh no, this is something I made. And he's like, very good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. Okay. cool. Uh, But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that book. Wow. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I hope the rubber, I hope you weren't carrying the rubber band. No, 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 that rubber band. It's a random rubber band. I I think it's been there. It's, it it needed to retire. Well, you can, yeah, maybe you can, maybe you can tie it back together. I don't know. No, rubber bands like not even a penny. Yeah, well, I don't I mean, I don't but they could be like the rubber band that oh, touch yeah, yeah. or something like that. I don't know. Use it as a bookmarker now or like point, incorporate it into some yeah. other project. Yeah. So the next one we have, this is Book Dummies, an imaginary studio and nonstop process, 1993 to 2015. Mm-hmm. So what's going on here? I really like this. Yeah, this book is here. amazing. Yeah. Uh, and it's by this guy, Victor Sira, mm-hmm. who I think is just one of the not photog- just artist or human being too, because mm-hmm. I'm lucky to call him a friend. It mm-hmm. just produces amazing work. Uh, and this is all his dummies he'd, he's been making for his whole career. Wow. Uh, 
and he he actually runs Book Dummy Press, mm -hmm. where I had my Thinking mm -hmm. of You show at, mm -hmm. uh, and so I met him through that. But he, this he was coming out with this book, and he was explaining it to me one day. And I was like, this sounds so interesting, and then he showed me the dummy of the Book Dummies book, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, this is incredible, you know. Um, and he I I met him when I got here on on this trip, and then. He, he was like, oh, the book's done. And then he showed it to me. And I was just like, I'm going to go on this podcast where they talk about books. I was like, can I talk about this one? Because this one's amazing. And he's like, please. Wow. Uh, so that's this. And it's it's all these dummies that he's he's made over his career. Um, and I mean, the guy, he I think he went to ICP mm -hmm. in the late 80s or early 90s mm -hmm. with like Morton Anderson, uh, Antoine Degata, like all these crazy people. And they're all buddies. Um and so he comes from like a photojournalist vein almost in the beginning of the dummies you could see. Mm -hmm. And then it's the book is amazing because you could see his whole arc of a career mm -hmm. and how he just gets looser, you know, the same way like someone like uh, I'm trying to think the last time I saw it, like de Kooning. Mm -hmm. uh, like if I don't know if you saw that show a moment, it's like his things were so like intensely poured over. And then at the end, the paintings were just so loose and sparse. And this is very much like that where you it's and it's amazing to have in one book so much depth to go from like very intricate almost like lattice-like beginning production to like the sparse almost erudite like distanced work at the end mm -hmm. um but yeah i'm a fan it's good wow yeah I mean, how, it's it's, how many pages is that it's, i don't know it's, only, it's like it goes to it's like almost 400 and it's, yeah. it's good because it's 383 like it feel it just feels good yeah. as a book too because it has uh, the pages are folded um, on the outside, like that old Japanese yeah, style. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's it just feels it just feels good. Mm -hmm. If you guys want to feel good. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I like it. I mean, it makes me think of you know. Again, you got to do stuff. You know, like yeah. Tom, got to make the you got to make the things. <laughs> it's I don't happening. Know. And they, I think he and his wife Shiori, who's also another amazing artist and mm -hmm. human being. Uh, I think they designed the 10 by 10 catalog. One oh, of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it kind of has that same feel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. this is just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. See, even though we have the pod, we have the podcast about photo books, we don't, we still come across this and like, how do I, you know, it's a pie. I mean, I should yeah. know this. I know, I know, I mean, I know book dummy press, but I didn't, it didn't, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is new. Like, I think it just came out oh, recently. Cool. Uh, I think it's like an edition of 500, I want to say. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, I'm glad we have it on the show yeah. right at the That's end great. of the season, yeah. too. LPV pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll give. Maybe this will be one that we give away. I think That'd that makes sense. Yeah. We'll have to try to get it before it sells out. Yeah. Who published it? Uh, he he did. Okay, yeah, he, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to jump on that. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks. Um, I think we got to do, do Who Killed Robert Prentice. Oh, yeah. That's the next one. Yeah. So this book... Is I don't even know where to start with this book. Uh, where did you find it? Let's start. Yeah, there. yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My sister, uh, who's almost as much of a book nerd as me, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure she'd probably say she's more. Um, but it's she found it at a at a library, like in like a clearance bin for like a quarter, or you know, like yeah. not even a dollar. Right. Uh, and I think you could buy it on Amazon for not even a dollar too. Like really? it's it's just like a a cheapo book. Hmm. That I feel like is worth like ten million, you know, not ten million, <laughs> but it's it's worth a lot more than you could get it for, right? Because um, it's so fun, and I feel like a lot of photo books are kind of missing that, yeah. you know. Um, it's just so fun. I mean, the whole thing is it reads like Clue, like it's <laughs> it's a story, a t all typewritten, and it's very tactile. Like mm -hmm. I think you get different sides of a murder story, yeah, and then there's like photos there's little evidence artifacts there's like little stamps handwritten letters like a ripped up photo that someone tried to hide from the crime scene and it's mm -hmm. like you go on this journey and i feel like it's it almost reminds me of that redheaded peckerwood book in a way right right um i wonder if he saw this but I seen yeah i feel like this is just so much better than that book people love that book <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's a great book but this yeah. i just well, this feels like you find it it's in your crazy. grandma's basement. Yeah, that's why like, it feels... attic, and it's like, why did she? Why did she have this? Yeah. Like, what's going on here, grandma? You know. <laughs> and, yes. But it's made. It wasn't made. It wasn't made as like an art book. It was just no, made it yeah. as like this. It's just crime. like just to have fun. And he, and there's yeah. a whole series by this author. It was. It's and it's a real murder. 
Uh, I don't know about that. Oh, uh, what? No, oh, come on. Maybe. I mean, yes. Uh, okay. And it was, no, I don't know. Complete. But, uh, you don't know? You don't, come oh, wow. You don't know if it's real or not. Because he, he has a whole series of these books, so I feel like he must not be writing about uh, yeah. this many books. Oh, okay. But so how does he... Wait, but and then so what is, what's all the, how does he, so he made all the ephemera just for out of... Yeah, he's an artist, yeah. What? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, there's another one How would you about make like, the newspapers like that? That's nuts. Yeah. It's worth more than a dollar. Yeah. There's That's one <laughs> that is like, has like a poison pill, and it's like, no, all poison has been removed from this pill, safe to handle. You know, like, I feel like, <laughs> I think it came from like yeah. the 60s or 50s, I want to say, from that era that that Red-Headed Becker book, you know, tries to portray, so mm. it's... Well, I'm a it's huge amazing. true crime fan, and I watch, but I, I really watch the more, I don't know any other way to put it, but it's just the more capitalistic kind of version <laughs> on, on Discovery, <laughs> where they just basically, they're, you know, dis investigative discoveries just cranking out the shows and like... The Investigate Channel? Yeah, yeah, oh, Investigative yeah. Discovery, where they're yeah. doing... Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I watch all of those shows. Like yeah, this yeah. other weekend, I watched... Uh, when friends murder or something like that. It's all, uh, so it's all stories about yeah. when photo bookmakers yeah. make yeah. too many books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but they, but you know what I mean. They take a format like that. You totally. know, fatal vows. Wives yeah. was nice. You totally. Know? Yeah. Like, so then they, but you learn that like like crime it follows all of these different patterns, yeah. and it's normally like. There's a pretty specific reason and motive about why things happen and why. They yeah. kill. that's why. I mean, one of the reasons people are so obsessed with serial killers is that they have their own twisted kind of motives, and a lot of yeah. times doesn't follow. It's, you know, a yeah. husband killing a wife is unfortunately like very common, but it's just you know that's you know it's over jealousy, it's over money or yeah. whatever. So you have you know. So I think, I mean, true crime, and true crime is obviously having such a huge kind of renaissance now because of investigative mm -hmm. discovery, because of, um, what, what was the next book? Netflix show? Making a Murderer. Making a Murderer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, so there is this kind of appetite for it yeah. that just doesn't seem to be going away, and I don't know. I'm, I get hooked on it. But, I, but I, like, yeah. I like, you know, I like give me the story in this 45-minute, like, format, and it follows the same kind of format. And, like, the weird yeah. thing with true crime Sometimes you'll see the same crime played out on different shows, and they'll do it oh, in different yeah. ways. Like you see that one of the kid who spits out the gum. Oh no, no! And it's on like four different investigate shows. Really? Yeah, where they ask for like a DNA sample. Oh yes, and I he, have seen yeah, that one. Like yeah, a, yeah. I think they did he like four. Out, different yeah, ones. he yeah. did, and he because he would he was you would he was like the kid you would never know. Yeah, and he was like <laughs> the best friend and like the straight yeah. A student yeah. and like. Yeah, I have yeah. definitely seen that one. You must watch a lot of those shows as I, well. Well, I, I I do, and my. My friend is really hooked on it, uh, and I just kind of there by, you know? Uh -huh. And I just, it's once you start, you can't, you need to figure out what the hell's going on. Once yeah. You pop, you yeah, once, it's like Pringles. You <laughs> but know? it's also like, so <laughs> I can, well, you know, and then you can just keep going to the next one. It's like, yeah. well, you know, and you get, there's another, there's always another story. There's always yeah. like another murder. And it's People like, are always killing each other. It's, yeah, it's like, <laughs> but it's actually, you know, you think that, but it's not. I mean, True. they really have to go and like, these, yeah. they like I said, they come up with these shows and they must know like every single person that gets murdered in the United States yeah. and like for what reason because they had you know it actually isn't as common as 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 you would think and like they don't they don't unfortunately you know they don't do a lot of you know rarely do they do like the gang kind of like murders or those yeah. sort of things and that's always kind of like the salacious yeah you know. Mm -hmm. Neighbors that so they don't get you know don't want to celebrate it. Quite frankly, it's it's I mean, quite it's frankly, it's racist. I mean, yeah. really, because you know, but, yeah. but I don't think we need to go. I was that I was way. actually looking at a studio in L.A. Mm -hmm. and I was like, this it was like one hundred fifty dollars, ten by ten feet, and I was mm -hmm. like, this is a fucking deal. So I go and it's in a basement, and uh, the guy who's showing it to me, he's like, oh yeah, we you know, it's all the walls were kind of like mm -hmm. the walls here, at Stockholm Studios, <laughs> it's like blankets, you know, yeah, and you're just like, what, like, is this? for real and then mm. he has like a really nice room in the back and there's all these uh mug shots old like found photos of mug mm. shots and i'm like these are amazing and he's like oh yeah i write for that show nightmare next door have you heard of it and oh. i was like yeah i've heard of it what and i was just <laughs> like what I, I ended up not getting the studio there oh wow because it was he's kind of creepy and it was like <laughs> a basement it was, it was a whole weird thing yeah. 
Uh, and I was like, he's going to incorporate me into one of these stories. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, it was, it was too far from my house. But yeah, that's all. Sure, Just tie sure. back into that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, you know, I'm kind of getting nervous now, but how many times I've talked about true crime on this <laughs> show already? It's like, what's going on with him? You really sit there and binge watch? Yeah, I do. Although I'm true. I always say, like, I'm doing it. I'm trying to do research. I'm, I'm going to have some sort of like. Yeah. And I have an idea. I have, I have an idea that I'm going to. I think I'm gonna do that, but yeah. it's mix. It'll mix writing and it'll mix some. But I think it'll be I, the one thing I can't design is do I want to make up my own crimes or do I want to try to like dig in and find. So yeah. that's kind of my dilemma now. I kind of want to try to write my own one because you, it's a formula. You know, yeah, you know how to do it. But that's neither here nor there. You were just talking about how you couldn't do fiction. You're so well, contradictory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I talk a lot. I talk a lot. It's mostly ideas. I mean, well, no one really knows about this book because it's only going for pennies on Amazon. Oh, they're gonna know. So you no, could, you could yeah, not talk right, about it yeah. and just use his murders. <laughs> yeah, should we just edit all that out? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, now that he's uh, whatever, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens next season. <laughs> Tune in next season. I might actually finish some of these projects someday. <laughs> so the next two books, and we're kind of putting these together. Yeah. Um, Probably one, my two favorite titles of books ever. So one is called The Secret Museum of Mankind, and this yeah. is a thick kind of fat book. And the second one is A Private Anthropological Cabinet of 500 Authentic Racial Esoteric Photographs and Illustrations. I mean, that's a, that's a title. I mean, if you open yeah. the title page, it goes for like another paragraph. Like, oh, really? Freaks and babies. Yeah, read, like read, the, goes, read the title page. No, I don't it goes, <laughs> it goes deep, that book. Yeah, the title at least. So what's going on with these? Uh, so these two books, The Secret Museum of Mankind, I found at an estate sale. Um, and it was, I go, I go to estate sales a lot. And uh, it was, it's always on the last day. I don't mean I shouldn't give this away, but whatever. <laughs> the last day, they're like, fill a bag, $5. And they just hand you paper bags. And I was just, I always go directly to the books. And there's usually nothing. Uh, but there was this. And I was just like, first of all, I, was, I, saw, I saw the title or I saw the cover. And I was like, okay, sold. Like, it mm. could be nothing inside. And I'll just use the book and make a book out <laughs> of it or something. Yeah. But then you open it and it's all these photographs. And it's beautifully printed in like violet, purple, blue, green, red, like full spread. And it looks almost like offset zines of mm-hmm. now. But this book is from, I want to say the early 1900s. I'm not, I'm not even sure. Um, it and smells it's, like it. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's bound like it. Yeah. It's, it must be like it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But all the photos are really interesting. And I, I've been trying to find more information on it. Mm-hmm. Um and it was only recently when Alex Soth actually posted a picture of it. Uh-huh. And people were like, let me tell you everything I know about this. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, thank you, Alex Soth. Uh, and it was just like, through more research, it was like this guy put together what he thought should be the history of the world or whatever. Uh-huh. And so he stole photographs from National Geographic, this and that, uh, which is why it doesn't really have a proper public. Though if you look at the publisher, it's uh-huh. fake. Um, huh. And everything about it is just like a weird, elusive mystery. Uh, because he didn't want to get hit with copyright and stuff. Uh, but he printed it at these weird printers, and, like, it's just... So how many copies are there if you and Alex Holt both have one? Uh, I don't know. But, at least two. But there's more more than two, <laughs> yeah. I think. It's weird. So it's a pr- an appropriation. What, here, what yeah. year is this? What year is this? I don't know if it's there. It's $10, so... I but, might not uh, have five, the... $5 copyright 1935, uh, Manhattan House, New York. Printed there you in the go. United States. All right. There you go. 35. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a a beast of a book. That's just so. It's one of those you can just so open. So it just happened that screen. Alex Soth happens to have this one as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I've I've been trying to find out about this book, and then one day on Instagram, well, did you send him a, a message or something? Does he know you have it? Uh, I actually talked to him about it at the LER book fair uh-huh. when he came by and he was buying some of my stuff, and then he's like, "Oh, that book, it's great," you know. And we're just like yeah. geeking out about this book. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a book to geek out on, and especially if someone else you know has it, you're just yeah. like, what is it? Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, so far what we know is that that's a group of two. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, hopefully, people, we let's try to find out who else owns this book. Send us an email. Or someone is like it. screaming right yes. now, listening to this. I, I have, have book. Yeah. I have <laughs> now, I'll, well, maybe everyone will go try to hunt it out and see how many there yeah. are. You know? <laughs> so, what about the second one? The private anthropological this, cabinet. Blah 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 blah. The second one, uh, through my research, trying to find more books like this book. Mm-hmm. 
um, I found this book at an awesome bookstore in San Francisco called KO Books uh, that actually used to live across the street from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just carry weird shit, and this is one of those weird things they had. And I asked the lady about the book, thinking, you know, if anyone knows about it, mm-hmm. it's this place that sells weird stuff. She's like, I've never heard of it, but it sounds like this book. Mm-hmm. And she took it out, and I was just like, even like the spine, because the book's falling apart, they like mm-hmm. made this funny uh, spine with the title. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that title is way too amazing. And it, yeah. you, you look at it, and it's it's almost like a sequel to Secret Museum. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, it is. Yeah. they go so well together. Um, but yeah, they're just two mysteries that <laughs> I love. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, and I, I I collect like found photos and stuff like that too. So yeah. it's just. Yeah, they're reality. just good books. I don't, you don't, you it's always at a flea market. It's not on the internet. Yeah, I try not to do the estate internet. Estate sales. Yeah, estate sales, flea markets, and just from people. Yeah. Because if you buy on the internet, it's like $10 for one. Mm-hmm. If you go to an estate sale, uh, spoiler alert, you could get a whole shopping bag for $5. So, what are you going to do with them? Uh, I make sculptures out of them, uh, stuff like that, uh, in that thing you show. And then some of them, uh, like I'll try to track down the photographer if it's at a flea market. Um, and there's some more long, crazy stories involving that. <laughs> but, but yeah. So the last one, the last book we have here is, what's this one? This one's called? Uh, Otsuchi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's... This book, uh, Alejandro Heiskelberg, mm-hmm. I definitely pronounced his name wrong, mm-hmm. uh, but he's this Latin American photographer that I think Martin Parr was championing for a while mm-hmm. when he had his his mm-hmm. series with uh, Nazareli Press, mm-hmm. where he had like different photographers he would find, uh, and he was one of them, and he did these moonlight portraits, moonlit portraits, yeah, uh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I, I recognize the name, and this was I was in Madrid recently. And I was visiting a, f- a friend I, I made at the art book fair, uh, these people, Dalpine, who make amazing books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she pointed me to the direction of this bookstore. And I found this book. And I just, first of all, it hit me kind of heavy, just the first few pages, the glossy mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like, this is like crazy, you know, because I, I, w- I was at Fukushima uh, a few days after the earthquake, and I, I had never seen work that kind of just broke it down so concretely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, obviously, he's using, I want to say, four by five at the least, because there's so much definition, and the fact it's printed on glossy just makes mm-hmm. it pop. Uh, but then you open the book, and there's all these found images and, like, images he shot. And I, through, through like, reading about it, he, he shot black and white, large format portraits of these people, um, and then he used a, an album he found in the wreckage of the earthquake, mm-hmm. and he took the colors from those and then hand-tinted each one of these photographs. And so it's just like Whoa. the work has so much depth, and then there's like a little insert by Dido saying, you know, they got a Japanese photographer be like, yeah, this guy who came and did photos is good too. So, <laughs> uh, But it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And then in the front, there's these two images or prints uh, from when I was there, uh, that I actually found, and I was helping this family. Uh, and at the end, she gave me these two photos, and she's just like, "This is my son. Uh, I haven't been able to find him. If if you do, if you see him, uh, please let me know. He's much older than this now." And then she gave me that one, which was of her, uh, and it was just like I kind of keep them in that book because they just like feels like they go together in a way. But uh, but yeah. Wow. I just assumed they did when we were photographing the oh, book. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to get those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. amazing. So the, that wraps up the books we have. What? So in the first part, we were talking about you were you had one more project that was kind of your newest project, and you have mm-hmm. a new website that just came up, and the project is called um, Inshallah. Mm-hmm. So what's going on with it's Inshallah? Uh, Inshallah, was, I was recently in Morocco, um, and I was there, it was right after the LA Art Book Fair, and I, I went to Madrid for a bit, mm-hmm. and then Morocco and Istanbul, uh, just traveling, and then I met these people, and it just, something kind of just clicked and fit together, and then uh, I had to leave, and I was like, oh, I want to go back to Morocco sometime, mm-hmm. just to like, 
I, I, it just felt just like a place for me to photograph. Mm -hmm. And then a couple weeks later, my friend who was like, oh, we're going to go to Morocco. We need someone to film stuff and then potentially teach and direct some stuff. And I was like, wow. I could do all three of those things. Uh, and so a couple weeks later, I was back in Morocco. Um, there's a whole long story about working in the Moroccan film business mm -hmm. that I won't go into. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but so I was there and then shooting there even more and then getting, getting more involved with the, mm -hmm. with the people and the culture and stuff and just really fell in love. And then after that, came back uh, and went kind of on a tour of the Southwest. And I had like an invitation to Navajo Nation from one of these native people that I met uh, at Zion. And they kind of invited me into their whole community. And then from there, I got invited to Apache County. And then from there, I was just going through into Carlsbad Caverns and Whites, you know, just hitting all these mm -hmm. landmarks and stuff. And then uh, same thing with Two Winters Long, although this there, there's no like unhappy circumstance. This is just like a thing where all the images and each each time I was in each location, they kind of just bled together. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because of the images themselves or because I've just been traveling for mm -hmm. so long mm -hmm. since then. Um, but it just they fit. So this is yeah, this is a new project. Uh, that I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. So you're in New York, but by the time this airs, you'll probably be back in LA for sure. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm gonna go. There's a 60% chance mm -hmm. I might go to Papua New Guinea mm -hmm. um, yeah. in July, uh, and then I'm gonna go to uh, Haiti in September to teach at a foundation there. Oh wow! What uh, are you teaching? Uh, just it's it's this foundation. And they bought this outpost in like a remote area mm -hmm. and it's to help uh, little girls out there mm -hmm. who just can't go to school and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's just trying to like build a community for them, a safe place for them to mm -hmm. just learn and relax and stuff. So I think we might just make a mess, I might do some watercolors and then I want to bring an Instax camera and then we'll make little books and stuff. I, I like to do these little workshops where mm. make books for people and stuff like that. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, excellent. Thank you so much for bringing you all your books, yeah. your yeah. big stash, and then the stash <laughs> of these other goodies as well, too. I mean, this is close to... I mean, it's a very surprising selection of books. Well, I mean, but it's also... <laughs> we're always... Yeah. yeah, there's like... I don't even want to... I'm yeah. too exhausted to come, but it's a lot of books that we discussed, and yeah. Yeah, we covered everything very well. So yeah. thank you. We'll have to have you on again in yeah. the future. Thank you. Thanks yeah. again for coming to Stockholm Studios. Thank you, guys. Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. If you'd like to support the production of the show, this year we are offering a subscription for $20. As a subscriber, you will get exclusive access to our weekly email newsletter, which will contain a bonus conversation about some of the interesting stories we find on the web. Also, at the end of the year, we'll be raffling off three awesome photo books exclusively to our subscribers. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and Tom Starkweather. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Special thanks to Eddie Volante and Brett A. Davis. Thanks for listening.